Welcome into More Important Issues. This is another episode of Vol Tales. This one, basketball. We've, uh, we've only had a couple basketball players on. Yeah, it's always good to have some. Uh, I feel like, you know, football is, is year-round pretty much, and basketball is kind of getting that way too. Right. Um, but, yeah, it seems like the focus is a lot on football. And, but, you know, it's great to have VFLs on here that, that played um, with this basketball program and has got it to where it is today. Absolutely. This time we've got uh, Jarnell Stokes on. He's a VFL. He uh, he arrived on campus and he's an early enrollee, um, which doesn't happen. Mid-year enrollee, which doesn't happen a lot in basketball. We had one this past year though at Tennessee, and that's uh, Santiago Viscovi. Um, he was a mid-year enrollee before leaving uh, after that 2014. We talk about it briefly at the end. That just uh, I think he said it best. Bullshit call um, yep. against uh, Michigan in the Sweet 16. Um, but a guy that was the literal big man on campus when he was at Tennessee. And um, it's, a, it's, a, it's great to have him on. And you know, he's very passionate about social injustice. And uh, he talks a lot about that. It, we haven't talked about it much. And I think a lot of – and it's what he said is sports have always been an outlet. He actually mentions that during the, the interview and how um, it's usually this kind of getaway from, from reality. And, mm-hmm. um, but unfortunately, that's – it's not all sports can be now because there's a lot of people in the sports community that are being oppressed and not necessarily in sports, sometimes in sports, but not necessarily. Um, And uh, it can't just be a getaway. Now we have to make sure that everyone is being, being treated, their lives are being valued. They're being valued as humans outside of the athletic field. And he's very passionate. And and we haven't talked about it yet, I think, because we want to make sure um, that we have the right perspective. Um, yeah. And it's good hearing from someone that has, um, that this is his, this is his reality. Mm-hmm. And he, he has a lot to say about it. And I think it's great too, for this show, because we're talking about Tennessee athletics to hear about some of those experiences at Tennessee. Yeah. Just to have a former athlete, just kind of tell us, you know, how it was then. And, and, you know, we can kind of let him know of how it is now or yeah. how it's at least portrayed to us. And, and he's um, going to call him, too. He, he talks about that at the end. He, he's yeah. still involved in the athletic department, and that's great. Yeah, I think that's all you can ask for is, you know, guys don't just come around to the program just because it's a good program. You come around the program because you're, you're a part of that program. Mm-hmm. Um, you're a part of it for those – he was there for three years, um, and he, he's still a part of it. That's, that's awesome to hear. Um, just, you know, a 17-year-old kid shows up on campus and – you know, the, the heart of the SEC schedule coming up. And right. now he, he's, you know, years down the road, he's still a part of that, that same school that um, he got there when he was a young kid. So, Right. And, I, and you, you talked about that. I want to, before we jump into the interview, I want to kind of talk about that. He, uh, he, he talks about how when he arrived on campus, he was young. He didn't know. He knew these thoughts he had, but he didn't know what they, how to portray them or how to convey them and, and what they meant. And um, the fact that he's been able to, you know, grow and, and learn, I think, is, is a great um, representation of who he is as a person and um, who the, you know, kind of the people who have helped him along the way as well. And um, I think that's one thing to remember as a fan when you cheer for these kids. First of all, their lives are far different than the majority of ours. And, um, yeah. and then they get onto campus. And it's funny, every single athlete we've talked about in depth about arriving on campus they say the same thing after the first week or the first night they called their parents and they were like, get me the hell out of here. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be here. Mm-hmm. And it's something to remember they're dropping their entire lives to come to the university of Tennessee and they need to be treated with respect and dignity beyond the athletic field, uh, beyond the athletic facilities. And um, I'm, I'm glad that I'm glad that we, I didn't, I didn't know we were going to talk about that. I'll be honest. And, yeah. I didn't, I didn't either. I, I thought we were going to talk about his experience. And it was a, um, it was a great conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's, that's what it's going to take, just more of those conversations to, to make change. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think we've done a lot better job of just, you know, not just everybody speaking at one time um, and right. arguing back and forth. It's to have a, a good conversation and listen to the opposite side. Right, right. So, uh, so we, this is a great interview with Jarnell Stokes about, about life, basketball, and uh, social injustice. And I, I'm, glad he's, I'm glad he's passionate about it. I think um, – it, I think the world needs – he's a leader. I mean, people look up to him. He talked about in China how so many people um, desire just to be around him. And, and the yeah. world needs people like that, needs his voice. And I really appreciate him coming on this show, uh, Vol Tales, to, to talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, go, sh- 
check this out. Go check out our sponsors, Tennessee Tap House, Bet Now, and Hound Dogs. Um, we'll have a we'll have more episodes. I think we'll we'll go kind of kind of a weird schedule next week. I'm gonna be out of town, so we're gonna have some more Zoom um, episodes. Mm-hmm. Be on the lookout for that, and hopefully we get some more ball tails going. Um, but this is the one with the walking double double VFL Jarnell Stokes. Welcome onto the show, VFL Forward, Jarnell Stokes. Jarnell, good to have you on, man. Appreciate it. Hey, so happy to be here. It's always a pleasure to uh, give uh, back and share some of my enlightened side as well as um, who I am as an athlete. Yeah, absolutely. So, so Stokes, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people know who you are. He was part of that 2012 class, was a mid-year enrollee, so – um, that same thing that Santiago Vescovi did this past year um, as a five-star recruit. So that he was kind of the guy who was like, hey, Tennessee can actually get five-star recruits and we can recruit <laughs> Memphis. Um, yeah. So he, he's out of Memphis at a Southwind High School, um, mm-hmm. was all SEC all three years. Um, so really, really glad to have him on. He led the Vols to the Sweet 16 in 2014 un- under Quanzo Martin. And then was yep. drafted 35th overall by the Utah Jazz and then was traded that night to the, the Grizzlies. So, got to go home. Yep, got to go home, baby. I was, that was one of the best nights of my life. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah. So, so, Stokes, just tell us, um, you know, how you got to Tennessee, what that recruiting process was like, and, uh, you know, how did, how did you make it to be evolved? Well, it all started. I mean, I hear you talk about, you know, five-star recruits. I was once ranked number three. Um, I was also in the Olympics. So, um, you know, McDonald's, Jordan, all this stuff was uh, just second nature. And um, it really started with Wayne Chisholm. You know what? Let me go back some more. It started with um, Peyton Manning and those guys. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, the, and, you know, Dale, Dale Ellis being able to – not Dale, I meant Bernard King – even though I didn't watch him, him just being so involved with, with Tennessee and seeing how, um, you know, alumni still can make a change there, um, that really just uh, fell. But with that being said, I was recruited by Bruce Pearl. Secretly, I uh, was already going to Tennessee, to be honest. And then uh, secretly, I was going to Kentucky once Bruce Pearl left. <laughs> so Coach Martin had to uh, – Really, really a step up to the plate, and he we, really we dodged the bullet. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. And I'm just so thrilled that right now, seeing Tennessee basketball where they are, that's really why I made my decision. To be honest, I wanted to resurrect a uh, university that during my time period had died. Let's be honest; like it really uh, was all about Tennessee football, and no one really uh, paid attention. I mean, the games were. Um, empty you know some of my first few games they started to blow up so um you know I I hate to take credit but I really do um take pride in seeing guys like Grant because I know for a fact um that I was probably one of the biggest reasons why he decided to come and and then you know you see the guys who just won um well just made it number one in the nation I consider that a win uh Personally, a lot of those guys respected me while I was at Tennessee. And um, with that being said, I think the rest is uh, going to be beautiful at Tennessee, especially. And and the reason why I'm about to say this is because I care. I care a lot about social justice. And I get this feeling. I get this great feeling in my gut. I've talked to God about it. I did my history. I understand the macro and micro of what's going on around the world. And I get this feeling that God is back for justice. So with that being said, I wonder why Tennessee, why the university, and I've always wondered this while I was there. A lot of athletes are wondering this. But I'm wondering why they aren't getting more involved with what's going on in the community. Mm -hmm. And personally, I think everything that hasn't been exactly great will come to light during this next decade. And I can see a huge shift in consciousness. So these universities better be careful. You know, <laughs> I'm just being honest. I'm yeah. warning them. <laughs> yeah, I think Tennessee definitely has the right people in charge right now. Um, I, I don't mm-hmm. know if you saw 
I think it was last week that, you know, Pruitt, you know, backed his guys and, and just kind of let, let a, the march in, in Knoxville down in Market Square. And, um, wow, are you yeah, serious? Like Trey Smith and Alante Taylor and K. Ron Calvert, just some of those guys wow. um, actually got to speak and, and Jeremy Pruitt was out, right there with them, all, all masked and all. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I feel like Tennessee is definitely heading the right direction, like you said. All right, what, what about Rick Barnes? What what has he done? Or, um, you know, uh, the AD or compliance, you know, Tennessee as a university, the chancellor, has he donated? I mean, how many? Yeah, I don't, I don't know like exactly people. what, you know, what's been done. They did release a um, joint statement. Philip Fulmer released it. Um, but as far as – I don't even think Pruitt's really spoken publicly about it. He, he did speak at that rally for a brief minute, but uh, he was there with the guys. Um, and then I know uh, David Ubin with The um, Athletic, he wrote a pretty good article on that they did have a meeting within the team. Um, that's a pretty good article that kind of talks about what the football team is going to do, like you said, to be, um, you know, socially conscious and, and mm-hmm. do their best. Okay. I mean, like you said, though, it's going to – I mean – a lot of these athletic departments are – it's it, – not that it's been a, a non-issue lately, but it's been something they've been able to avoid, and um, they are going to have to meet it head on now. Yeah, I mean, personally, just an, another early prediction because you were right on. Uh, what's going on in the NBA right now? You see Kyrie, Carmelo, and, uh, you know, Donovan Mitchell, a few other guys stepping up for um, social justice over basketball. My personal opinion – is that, you know, I see Austin Rivers talk about, well, we can make money and get more. We're making the corporate more money, like mm-hmm. literally 10 times more money. It, the numbers are extreme. The CBA contract may actually do us a little bit of justice being ripped up. I'm just giving my opinion. Yeah. But uh, with that being said, I, I hope uh, people see through this and understand that it's bigger than just sitting on the couch and mm. escaping reality. Sometimes it's good to dig deep and suffer. Because I, I, when I was playing with the Denver Nuggets, there was, this was um, like two years ago. I, was, you know, I hadn't been in the NBA since last year. I didn't play this year. I was in uh, China. We were actually the number one team in the country before the pandemic broke out. But with that being said, um, when I was with the Nuggets, I literally got – freaking just demolished i javel mcgee I, I was guarding him i was playing the best game of my life and then uh, he did some dumb shit that javel mcgee would do and right. he stepped <laughs> my foot and did like a spin move that you know like it didn't even work he fell down but i twisted and i ended up with a stress fracture with that being said i wasn't smart i wasn't able to articulate myself so i was just an athlete like a lot of athletes right now, just sitting around wondering, like, damn, like, what do I do? You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So I really yeah. suffered, and and I appreciate podcasts like this so much. Yeah. Like, we need more of this because as an athlete at that time, I had so many theories. I understood life, and no one wanted to listen. Every media outlet was like, shut up and dribble, you know? <laughs> That's how yeah. it felt. It, all my friends, family was like, you know, you, you, you must be depressed or something, you, you know? Mm. And it turns out that I'm just uh, different and blessed and now looking back, uh, suffering and getting to the truth without trying to prove an intention or being a free thinker versus left, right, blue, red, uh, has really resurrected me now. I have a, a production company, a music company, a superfoods business, a podcast, um, you know, I'm able to do different partnerships with uh, and sit at the table with different doctors. I mean, some of my best friends are doctors now. You know, it's uh, very, very uh, weird how suffering can help. But I encourage everyone to just dig deep and seek the truth without trying to prove an intention. And I'm just a proven example. You know, I used to fight. I was sitting in the back of the class. Teachers thought I was mentally educated. I realized that, you know what, I just learned different. And uh, I was always taught and rolled out a ball and told that, you know, just go play basketball, shut up, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And this is the only way you will make it. And luckily, I'm one of the few that made it. And now I can uh, provide more opportunities to the community, in which I wish the University of Tennessee would do. I wish more athletes would hold them accountable because, uh, 
you know, it's just, it's not about us. I care about that bleeding hand. It's not about red or white or blue or black. I care about that hand that's bleeding, calling for help. And uh, this is why I join shows like this. Yeah. And you absolutely. Talk, you, yeah. And you talked about that, you know, you've been able to learn a lot and that may mostly because you had to step away from basketball or at least look at a different, I guess, mm -hmm. look at, look at a different path from basketball. What was that at Tennessee specifically? What was that like? Were you able to get into the class? I mean, use that, you know, ability. Unfortunately, athletes don't get paid. We know they should. We know the NCAA isn't doing the right thing. Um, mm -hmm. Were you able to sit down and, you know, go into school with the, with the thought of being an entrepreneur one day and looking at how you can kind of parlay that? Yeah, I, I took it the wrong way. And I give credit to Rick Barnes and the guys uh, at Tennessee today because um, when we were there in Bruce Pearl, it was hard for us to conceptualize what's going on with the system. Like, why do we have so many fans, but I can't take my girlfriend on a date? <laughs> you know, it was hard. So a lot of times I would just say, you know what, Coach Martin, I hate you today. <laughs> just being honest. So, <laughs> I have to, whatever they're doing at Tennessee right now, the players really, really back the coach and he must be a great guy. So um, with that being said, I didn't have the right mindset when I was there. So I couldn't really take advantage. Mm -hmm. um, I, I kind of victimized myself to where I thought it was the system. And I encourage people to back off that thought, even though there are some flaws in it, a lot of flaws, to be honest. And okay. I'm, hoping to fight those changes uh, is definitely still opportunity for those who uh, work hard and maybe you just have to work 10 times harder. So, um, yeah, I was pissed, but now I'm the type of guy where I'll walk straight into compliance and go ask the farmer, you know, what's going on? Why can't, you know, these brothers, you know, we got, uh, we got billions and billions of dollars going to the university from TV deals, from, ticket sales from our influence. Um, why can't we help our brothers and sisters? Why can't we spend some of this money on cleaning up and hiring painters and cleaners to clean the communities as opposed to buying more facilities for us to run in, you know? Right. <laughs> it, uh, it, that type of stuff just really bothers me. So I feel like that's what I was here for. And uh, I live in the world of social justice. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and I do want to go back a little bit to you did say that, you know, you hope Tennessee's doing the right thing. But there's also a point where mm -hmm. you actually picked Tennessee over Kentucky. You you mentioned that. So what what did Conzo Martin do to, you know, sway yeah. you to, to pick Tennessee? Uh, yeah, that's, that is a great question, to be honest, because uh, <laughs> Coach Cal, he was so aggressive. He really, really wanted me there. He made me feel like, I was going to be a pro, and he kept telling me, like, because I was being honest when I was like, Tennessee is my first option. But, you know, I really liked Kentucky, and then he swayed me. I said, I actually said the words, like, if I had to choose today, I would go to Kentucky. And um, with that being said, I had to pick, you know, two months later, and he was extremely vocal about the NBA in particular. He was very um, honest that, if he told me, and this is his exact words, if you go to Tennessee, you may run the risk of being like the rest. Like literally, uh, that was uh, something that kind of stuck with me while I was at Tennessee. I kind of regretted it because you would see trash players like Terry. <laughs> I'm not going to say his name or any of the <laughs> names, but you would see some players really make it and wonder why the hell am I still in college basketball? Well, I just gave him 25 points and yeah. he put up two or three points, you know? Right. It's, um, but Kyle knew. He knows something that a lot of players that don't know today and that's branding. And If you brand yourself with an NBA program, and I'm just happy now to see that Tennessee has made those changes and I hope they continue to make those changes in the right direction. So I'm here to help them. I don't want to be the type of guy to, um, you know, I, I've been, I, as a kid, I bullied the bully. You know, it's important to know where my heart lies. Mm -hmm. he, as in, I wouldn't, I was the bully's worst, worst nightmare. You know, if you tried to hurt my friends, I was going to step up and say, hold on, y'all, I got this. So with that being said, I'm trying to look out for Tennessee, and I don't want to be that guy to hire 10 writers 
is to write about how universities aren't stepping up for players or to hire um, a team of sales people to call leaders or uh, recruits or players or coaches. You know, I don't want to be that guy that uh, attacks this evil system. So I'm trying to give them a warning and a heads up, and uh, I hope they do the right thing to the community. Yeah, I think Tennessee's done a, you know, especially the past couple of years, they've done a probably one of the best jobs that you can mm-hmm. you can see of branding their players. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. Trey Smith, I mean, you couldn't even really name offensive linemen 10 years ago mm. on any team. And now he's he's the vocal leader of that team, and, and he plays one of the positions in, in sports where you don't get any credit. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think they've done a great job of – um, just giving their athletes a, a platform, um, especially during this, and, and letting them speak out, um, and then just and not only that, but just like putting their face out there. Where like, yeah, you can't get paid right now, but you know, people are gonna know your name, know your face when you get to that level where you can make money. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah, definitely understand. I yeah, definitely. I, I think that they should get paid, um, and it does suck that you're yeah. basically a celebrity while you're in Knoxville and you're not getting to make any money off of it but that's the reality we're in I guess yeah, yeah like seriously. like you said there's a ton of flaws but it's good that you know and I'm sure Tennessee has a lot of issues to address as well as in going forward but I think they're you know Atlanta mentioned the branding they're doing you know they're I think their Twitter Twitter specifically is you know some of the best social media it's how a lot of people uh-huh. recognize these names and faces and um, I mean wow. yeah I mean you, you get to know the the team and like Landon I mean you met you you know these guys, I mean, not just the Jarnell Stokes, but you know the other guys that are maybe don't play as many minutes and, and you get to see those faces. Uh, and awesome. And that's, yeah, that's and hopefully great. they can parlay that into some money later on because, unfortunately, it's a system we live in and hopefully there's some change soon. And, you know, the guys like you that are former players, those are the ones that are probably going to make the most impact at, at this point. The Unfortunately, and it needs to change, the players don't have much of a voice in college basketball. Yeah, college exactly. Sports. And that's what I'm kind of wondering. You know, you talk about visibility. Are these players – what are they talking about? Uh, so, I mean, so the, there is a new podcast. It's, I think it's just Vault Football. Um, okay. It's, uh, it's called The Slice. And they're getting a chance mm-hmm. to go on and talk about their, um, their history and how they got to Tennessee and if they've been at Tennessee for a few years, what it, you know, um, just their personal experiences and, and then obviously their athletic experiences as well. Uh, I, I awesome. don't know as far as, um, you know, speak – everything's changed so much in the last few weeks and um, mm-hmm. it's great to see a lot of these players are, are standing up and and uh, speaking they should be allowed to speak I hope there's no athletic departments in the country suppressing voices but unfortunately yeah. prob- there probably are and I mean they need mm-hmm. to be they need to be doing the right thing I, I don't think Tennessee's doing that as far as I can tell but you know if okay if it's happening it, I'm with you it needs to change awesome man that's great to hear because it is very important they most of these universities run the city, like yep. literally. It's and they forget about that. It's uh, communities there when they invest in these multiple million dollar projects. So I've always side with the uh, guy getting bullied, and at the same time, I don't uh, believe in being oppressed by a system. I think free thinkers can break out of it. So I'm glad to uh, see that's happening with Tennessee. I would love for them to get more involved with. You know, some of these bad omens that's going on. I don't know if Nashville is as um, important, but the KKK statue, <laughs> you know, giving uh, back to, you know, communities, of course, that would be, you know, just a write-off. They could literally just have their taxes uh, cover that. I know I, I have uh, businesses. And um, I would also like for them to put more charismatic leaders. I'm not sure how many there are in college because I wasn't charismatic when I was there. But um, there are certain points that would never get across with someone that doesn't have the right thinking. So I know um, if I know, you know, Americanized culture like it is today, they would hire someone that isn't as intelligent to mislead the rest of the people. So I'm I'm very conscious. Let me go and do my own research before I jump the gun. But I'm really just looking out for Tennessee because – no, the, if you've not done the right things, it'll all come to light in this next decade. 
Right. And I mean, you mentioned how Tennessee was your, your favorite. You knew you were going there before recruiting even started. So you have a love. As a kid. Yeah. You have a, you have a love for the university and you hope they're doing the right thing. And, you know, I think that's, I think that's all the Tennessee fans and uh, I assume the players too are right now kind of, hopefully the people that are involved are past hoping it'll do good and they're going to help it, help it do good. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I want to root for a team that's good, but I also want to root for a team that's, you know, good. They're good. (laughs) (laughs) So it definitely helps. Um, I'd rather, you know, I'd rather lose and be a, you know, know that they're doing the right thing than win and, you know, be some of these, Mm -hmm. some of these programs uh, in the NCAA or in college football, college or NFL or NBA, you know, things like that. So. um, 1000%. Yeah. And when you were in school, did you have this thought, you know, was it, and I know, I can't remember all what was going on through 2011, 2014. I'm sure there were some, um, some movements at the, you know, at some point in that period, was this something that you all talked about as a team or um, with coaching staff or anything like that? Or were you aware of it? Because I think that's a lot of things. Yeah. These, these guys get to college and it's, they're, they're kids. You, when yeah. you get there, you're 17, 18 years old. This isn't something you've had to address in life. It's hard to completely start thinking that way. Did they help you or did you start thinking it? Did you all talk? Yeah, we didn't talk at all about uh, justice justice issues. Uh, Coach Martin was very, um, what's the word, indirect mm-hmm. with a lot of his issues. So the thinkers got it. And um, with that being said, I definitely had these thoughts. I couldn't conceptualize, like you said, I was a kid. And yeah. um, also a lot of our voices and the people around us uh, suppress it. It's like if we were to speak up, it's almost like we're told to shut up and dribble. Like, and honestly, that, yeah. and it's indirect. It's indirect for sure. But uh, just being not, not being able to conceptualize led to a lot of anger. And, right. you know, I, I do feel for those people who really don't understand. And um, sometimes it's good to just, you know, put your head down. But at the same time, uh, it's also a role and a responsibility that a university has to – you know, step up and be the leader of the entire state. You know what I'm saying? That's why I went to Tennessee. I could have just went to Memphis and stayed home. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I wanted I wanted to one day run for president. I want to run for governor of Tennessee. And I'm uh, really starting to learn that I'm just not the right guy. <laughs> you know, I, they, yes. need, they need bad people to run the system. So we need more people to step outside the box and um, – you know, I think with timing and the people who do good in this next decade, they're going to be the universities that rise up. Seriously, right. I, I really have that prediction because in the past, it was looking pretty slim if you were trying to do good. I mean, ask the son of God, you know? <laughs> right. Uh, looking on the on the basketball side of things, what was it? So you mm-hmm. came in, you're a mid-year guy. Uh, mm-hmm. were you, I think you were, seven, you were 17 the day you got on campus, right? Yep. What, so what yeah. is that like? I mean, that's a flip the script type of moment. You're still probably one of the, you know, more intimidating physical guys, but it, it's a new mental game. <laughs> and it's, it is a little bit physically different because the guys are stronger than high school basketball or even AAU basketball. Well, I'll tell you about my first day on campus. Um, when I got to my dorm room, that I was sharing a room with Yemi. I don't know if you know, that's my African teammate at the time. Okay. And, uh, it was, I was fucking miserable. I called the coach. Like, what the hell is this? <laughs> so they divided. They gave me my own room, put two beds together. And, um, you know, I still had to stay in the dorm room right. surrounded by people. But at least I was a little bit free. I still had to share bathrooms with Yemi. But, you know, at least I had my own space. But then later that night, I didn't have enough food. I missed uh, the little um, hall. The, they give us, like, uh, what's that? I forgot. This is like where they eat. What's the name of that place? It's uh, right by the gym. Um, um, Pratt or something. I forgot. Yeah, yeah. it's y'all, y'all ate in Pratt, like, like the like student the... union. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we ate with the students, and uh, I missed the time, so I didn't have anything to eat that night, and I didn't have any money to eat. So um, I was in tears. I, I knew right away that. I would have to ask my mom for some dollars, you know. <laughs> and uh, with that being said, I just grew into that uh, anger 
and I really couldn't conceptualize. Like I was mad at certain fans for having money and supporting me being broke, you know, and they, the fans didn't even know why I wouldn't talk to them or why I would just go to certain sponsorship meetings and just, you know, close my ears, put my headphones in and walk out, you know, Mm -hmm. I didn't really, I was that type of person. And uh, it was all from systematic oppression. So now it's so beautiful when a society can evolve past the system. Mm -hmm. And I hope Tennessee is ahead of that because it's happening. Yep. You're right. Yeah. hundred percent. You know, I I don't, I I think you should watch the, I think there's a video of the, of them um, in Knoxville. I think it's great that like you, you take such a, like, like that's like tennis, like Knoxville is your home, even though you're from Memphis, but for three years or about three years that that was, this is your home. This is your community too. It's um, I think kind of people forget that these athletes come here. Like they, like you said, you move into a dorm and then like, you're kind of on your own to get exactly. for yourself and you're 17 years old. I mean, you just started driving a year ago. Um, <laughs> yeah. so, I mean, there's, that's, exactly. that's a whole new world. And I think people forget that um, when they're, when they maybe see an athlete out that they're just like, Hey, you know, they don't, they don't know what they're going through. They just see him on, on Saturdays or, or whenever mm-hmm. the basketball game is. So I, I think, I think Tennessee's heading the right direction where they are, Definitely awesome. supporting them and thinking of their players as more than just an athlete. Um, I, awesome, man! I don't know. If I'll, I'll continue to make sure too and push that pace. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know if they had this when you're um, at Tennessee, but they have that Vol Leaders, um, mm. where they have a couple athletes um, on each team, kind of be a mm-hmm. part of this program, and it kind of uh, it, it definitely puts them in a better position to be a leader on on their mm-hmm. team but also awesome. be a leader in the community um, and, and set them up for, for life um, awesome. to use that voice. So, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I guess the big issue I have, and uh, I've done a lot of community work at Tennessee. I was that guy. I think you're, you're talking – yeah, you're definitely talking about the same uh, ball leaders and also mm-hmm. uh, representing Volskers and being able – the Big Brothers, Big Sisters Club, uh, what's going on. Uh, some I think it's called Hoops Jam. I've attended a lot of sponsorships. and. To be honest, you you have to um, be you have to have something to give it, you know. And yeah, that's. Yeah. Um, I was in situations, you know, and put in situations where I felt like we were promoting the university. You know, we were just around taking pictures as athletes, showing up. Oh, let's just hug and kiss the kids because the camera's looking, and mm-hmm. you know, wear all our Tennessee gear and let all the fans and you know everyone get riled up that we gave so much to this cause i wonder how much we really gave to those kids i know they say if you're just around you uh give it but i know some mindless leaders misleading the youth and um it's uh it's just a sight to see so that's also something i want to be conscious about that they aren't just doing it for the media you know really really giving to the kids and i did that for two and a half years at Tennessee. So uh, I hope to see change too. I personally um, hold the universities accountable. Uh, It's, you know, I I went to Tennessee. I went to Tennessee. I went to the entire community and all the people. That's what I represent. I don't represent black or white. So with that being said, um, sometimes us athletes just live in, I'm talking athletes, us athletes just live in the uh, university and don't see uh, that, you know, what really happened. I mean, it's so much history in Tennessee and it's so beautiful and hard to take at the same time, but it's all worth it. It grows your spirit. And right now, there is one thing that's different from the times you mentioned it earlier when I was back, you know, Trayvon Martin, he was a big guy that a lot of people was marching for when I was back in college. Actually, you look at my Facebook page, I haven't touched it since I left Tennessee. And the headline says, I am Trayvon Martin with me in a hoodie looking down. You know, I always had that in me, but that's all I could do. That's all I had to give. And um, I just say that to say that this Black Lives Matter movement is different because Mm -hmm. now we have the people on our side. Like people are saying election year, they're just using you. The Democrats just want to 
uh, get the black people all riled up so they can vote. You know, it's um, definitely some of that going on for sure. Right. You see with Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, that's the unfortunate part. You always have the bad people in it for the wrong reasons. You, you were kind of talking about those people earlier. But there, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a ton of good in this movement, and that's the good. That's the, it, it is encouraging that we're Yeah, and the best thing that's encouraging on top of that is that we have people's spirits mm-hmm. and people's minds and souls. It's like power and unity. You always hear it's strength and unity, but now we're about to see it. You know, it's uh, different because back then, you know, everyone was so focused on, you know, grabbing my beer with my friends. Let me, you know, go cut on some Tennessee sports. You know, let me, uh, you know, watch, you know, BET in my community. And now, People have to face the truth. They can't watch LeBron. And uh, this is a different movement where I actually went and protested and I cried. I cried, man. A big ass dude like me, 6'9, 260, <laughs> cried because it was my parents' vision. It's like, yeah. they, they li- I get to see what my aunts and uncles and great grandparents just never even thought was possible. So I thought I was showing up to a Black Lives Matter. I showed up to a Mexican, white, all type of lives matter, you know? And it made me feel like, wow, like God is back for justice because now he's uniting the people. That's how every system got taken down. And this is different because now only God can sway the minds and the souls of the people and change consciousness. You know, only a system can make people react emotionally but we're talking about a consciousness of an entire generation. I cried, man. <laughs> it was beautiful. <laughs> Seriously, I, I love to see this. It's going to take some, you know, Walmart lootings and some dumb people to react. I mean, it's like my ex-girlfriend. You know, <laughs> she she broke my heart as soon as I found love. She shitted on me, you know? Yeah. And now she got to deal with karma and those slutty men that's going to get her back. So, you know, when I talk to Walmart and Wendy's, <laughs> all this crap you put into the world, now you got to deal with the slutty men. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. That's, a, that's funny. That's, I mean, that's a good way to put it. I think it's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think everyone can establish that it's unfortunate that's happening, but the fact that people are waking up now, mm-hmm. um, it's, you know, if something positive comes from it, hopefully we can grow. Hopefully we can learn. And that's, you know, that's the, exactly. that's the bottom exactly. line. You mentioned everyone you nodding and, Unfortunately, I don't think it's it's a, the every athletic department and school across the country. The even if, if it's not been shut up and dribble, it's at least you know been like, well, let's not talk about that today. So seeing Tennessee mm-hmm. willing to meet it head on. Uh, so in that David Ubin article I was mentioning earlier, they're planning on getting the guys the next March they do. They're planning on at the end going and registering the guys to vote that aren't registered. Wow. And that that's that's something that's important to that's me. That's powerful, man. Yeah, it should be important to every athletic. Yeah, send me that article, man, after this. I will, yeah. I'll, I'll have Landon. I think he's got your number. I'll have him uh, have him text it to you. But it's you know, the, the fact that – because it those guys, you're, you're celebrities when you're on campus in Knoxville and beyond. So if those guys mm-hmm. are willing to stand up and, you know, uh, change or, you know, enact change, it's going to happen. So it, mm-hmm. it's great that – these guys are getting at least, at least their voice. Yeah, seriously, man, that's so big. Honestly, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm not gonna vote. I, not, I know as an athlete, I was always taught not to talk, talk about politics, <laughs> but I'm, I'm honestly not gonna vote. I'm, 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 I'm gonna look more under the hood of Joe Biden. I've already decided that Trump. Um, and I looked into him as a kid. I mean, I, I sit at the table with psychiatrists and doctors at Harvard. You know, they break down what's really going on. It all stems from childhood. I mean, we have to have compassion that this man got his ass beat by his dad a lot. And he couldn't really um, get his voice out, you know? So he always felt as if he was the underdog, his little man's home, and he feels the need to prove and power as opposed to give opportunities to people. Why a leader like this won't just unite with all people and rise up and use all our past as a callus to heal and respect each other. I mean, that's what I do. I embrace conflict as a leader and CEO in my uh, companies because, I mean, that's when people listen the most and then you usually rise up and understand each other and work harder. But 
Um, with this being said, I personally want to raise the question of why we don't look and give other smaller parties a chance. I mean, how many parties are there? Uh, yeah, that that's the issue with the the two party system is there's mm-hmm. there's more that you know there's past it's past just Democratic and Republican, but unfortunately that's what everybody gets caught up in. So it's uh, yeah. That's something else that uh, uh, you've talked about how much is changing. The in the next decade. It's going to be changing yeah. the next decade. So um, mm-hmm. hopefully, mm-hmm. hopefully it, it takes yeah, hopefully. To, right. It takes a lot to dismantle a system, but uh, like you yeah. said, every, everybody's uniting. So um, mm-hmm. we just have to, hope that go, we have to hope that we adapt in, in, in a positive way. I think that's the, every, just make sure you talked about how everyone just be compassionate um, moving forward. I think that's because I think a lot of individuals want to get involved. Um, but unfortunately it's, it's, you can be involved, but I think a lot of people want their, to be the, uh, to be the voice of the movement. And that's just mm-hmm. not everyone's position. Um, yeah, honestly, you guys will be blessed for doing podcasts like this and giving out viewpoints as opposed to, you know, the typical, I, I know for sure, you know, as a businessman, you have to meet people where they are sometimes, but mm-hmm. just being able to allow me to talk about this, even if it reached, you know, a hundred or. Yeah. No, ten people. You you guys will be blessed for this. So I appreciate you for uh, just being open and yeah. real with the times. No, we appreciate you. I, I do want to ask you what what's going on in your basketball career. I know you mentioned mm-hmm. you, you are a busy. Sounds like you're a really busy guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I yeah, you know, I know everybody would like to know what uh, what's going on in your basketball career right now. Yeah, well, I still go to the gym every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I work out very hard. I uh, run the mile. I do everything to challenge my mind more so than, uh, you know, anything mm-hmm. first and foremost in a job. Uh, as far as with basketball, I've, I mean, with business, I've created systems to where I don't have to be present for anything. I uh, actually just handle the business side and partnerships and uh, being able to, uh, you know, be a, play as an investor, but really I'm an owner. Uh, with that being said, on the basketball side, I've freed up a lot of time and um, I've really, really worked on my uh, three-point shot. I was one of those guys that was stuck in the past. You know, I grew up watching, you know, I'm a grit and grind guy. Mm-hmm. I grew up watching Zebo, And ironically, I got drafted to that system, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and it's an old system at the time where I was stuck. And I, I thought that I could rebound my way uh, into the league and, you know, do certain post moves, of course, you know, when I get the ball. But... You know, set hard screens, but it's proven that, you know, it's time to get real with the times. And sometimes it's best to get ahead of the times, even in my world, in the basketball world. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't ahead of the time, so poof, that guy's gone. And, yeah. you know, just going back to University of Tennessee, that's just an um, analogy for them. But at the same time, you know, I'm doing everything I can now, and I've been blessed to be able to go over and play China basketball where <laughs> The fans just treat me like freaking LeBron over there. <laughs> Seriously, I see fans <laughs> That's good. like, That's good. yeah, yeah, they they like literally. I, people fall out when they see me for some <laughs> reason, and people they after games once I go um, out and sign autographs, everyone's trying to touch my hair. You know, I'm like, <laughs> like stop, you know. But I, I really, really, it, is, it have, is some good hair. So honestly. yeah, they just they, they just want to get a little. Little dread snip to, for a souvenir. Exactly. <laughs> no, they really do. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously, man. And, and I respect the hell out of a lot of the Chinese because they're very, very good people. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they just respect me and they've given me light. And just in basketball, um, I've been blessed with being able to get the ball 40 times a game. So, <laughs> oh, wow. with that being said, I was uh, one of the leading scorers. I was the best player on the best team. I'm not gonna say I was the best scorer or best player, but or whatever that counts for, um, I was able to lead the team. And now that's helped me as a leader. That's helped me be able to shoot the ball more, dribble the ball more and develop my game to where now, um, hopefully, and when I was with the Grizzlies uh, last year, sadly, I'm, just a quick story, I um, was there for like a month and Cal uh, Anderson, Dylan Brooks, Marshawn Brooks, Marshawn, uh, his name, but yeah, Marshawn and um, Chandler Parsons, all four of them got um, left the team in the same week and yeah. they needed a guard. How 
I, how sad is that, that, you know, I had to be released and sent back to China right. just because uh, four guards left the team. Like, how, what, where does that happen? Yeah, <laughs> you know? That's nuts. So it was very weird. And uh, I was doing great at, with the Grizzlies. If you look at my uh, numbers just with their G League team and you ask the team about me, uh, everything would be great. But I was putting up, like, 20 and 15 in, like, 18, 20 minutes. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that's MVP numbers. It was just so weird that, you know, that happened. But I'm able to go to China and start a business as well. I'm also able oh, nice. to work on a lot of things that I just never could do under the system here where I'm labeled as a rebounder because of what I, you know, did with the Grizzlies. So um, I'm going to fight it. I'm still – I'm an NBA player in my mind, and I'm going to fight it. And now my IQ is higher because I've grown in other areas. I've uh, Now I can dribble more. I can shoot more. I'm also still able to, um, you know, play my bully rebound role. But I just lost 20 pounds during quarantine because oh, oh mentally – I'm in the space. You, yeah, you went the opposite direction, everybody else. <laughs> exactly, man. Like exactly. It. Because, I mean, my, mentally, I'm in a space where I'm just pushing myself in every right. direction. It's not just spiritually, not just for social justice. It's for health, too. You know, I'm mm-hmm. not just losing this weight for basketball. It's right. for uh, my own good. And I want to preach. I want to speak. I don't want to just be that speaker that, you know, as a motivational speaker, I fucking hate those guys. To <laughs> be real, I want to live what I'm talking, yeah. what I speak. And, um, you know, showing that I lost 20 pounds is another way to show that, you know, I have a superfoods business and this is the way, as opposed to, you know, what we've been taught. That's awesome. Um, you know, you, I, I'm excited because, you know, you talk about the Chinese and how, like, they treat you like LeBron. And then if you <laughs> add that three-pointer – there's nothing more exciting than basketball than a big man three-pointer. I know, right? <laughs> I know, well, I'm crazy. sure they're going to go even more nuts. Um, well, it's weird. Yeah, Ten years ago, didn't we call these guys tweeners? Like, if you were a four-man who didn't shoot the ball, but you could do a – you know, you were versatile, or you were a four or five, you know, and didn't have a position, you were called a tweener. But yep. now it seems yep. like the tweeners are the ones making the money, you know? Yeah, it, the game's shifted quite a bit. It's been wild to see. And Man. fast, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Draymond was a, a big one that uh, – mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yes. he, he was one of those kind of tweeners. I mean, even Grant, like, when he was coming out, out of uh, UT, that was kind of the knock on him. It was just like he's – He watched me. <laughs> yeah, he, he, was, he was about the same person. He's around yeah. six, seven, six, eight. He's probably a little bit – He younger. learned from me. Yeah. <laughs> And that makes, so that that makes was, sense on the, the rebounding part then. You got yeah. that in common, the, the bully rebound. That was my favorite part of Jarnell Stokes' game. And <laughs> yeah. You yeah, knew he was getting double-digit rebounds. You knew it was yeah. going to happen. Walking double-double. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Good for Grant, man. That's so great. Because, uh, you know, I was always trying to fight being a tweener. That was yeah. the last thing I wanted people to think was that, you know, where I'm from, if you shoot threes and you 6'9", 265, 270 pounds, you know, now I'm like 250. But – you're soft. You're weak. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, I, I had to fight that. So that's why I was so tough because um, where I was from. And, you know, it kind of bit me in the ass since the NBA today. But now it's a flip side to it. It's all a flip to it now. Guys are softer. So if I can just make a little bit of adjustment and relate a little more to the NBA, mm-hmm. I'm going to even be able to get more rebounds because this new generation, woof. <laughs> I tell you, man, a lot of these guys don't have it where it counts, you know, <laughs> but right. they're very skilled and talented. So, you know, it balances out. Right. Yeah. And it's it's not like, you know, probably even a couple of years ago when the the Warriors kind of made this whole three point game like that's that's what it's come to now. It's like you got to compete that way. You got to shoot your way to the top. And that's what the Rockets and you know, mm-hmm. other teams are implementing. So, yeah, it's probably mm-hmm. going to be a lot easier getting rebounds because you're probably going to be the only one down there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That. Exactly. So, it's opportunity and, and a change as well. And that's it's all how you look at it. It's perception. Yeah. You know, just like people who look at the system and say, oh, shit, I don't have a chance. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, shut up, man. Get in the lab. You know, yeah. <laughs> like that's how you should uh, think about it. And uh, it'll, it'll all come you know, in due time. 
and even even y'all's uh so your your junior year when y'all went to the Sweet Sixteen, um, y'all were playing in that first four games. Um, mm-hmm. Y'all played Iowa in the in the first game. The, the year before that, you went to the NIT and lost in the first round. So, you know that yeah. team coming into next season. You know, looking back, there's a ton of talent on that team, and that team. Mm-hmm. You know, you could probably, you could definitely argue that that Michigan game was bullshit. But y'all should have been in the Elite Eight. Yeah, seriously. But, uh, Seriously, man. Yeah, man. Uh, I really do. You always have a shot. Mm-hmm. 1,000%. 1,000%. And, you know, I, I look back at that team and I just think about how much more we could have done. You know, we were so great and a lot of us were undervalued at the time. And, you know, just being that even Coach Martin as a coach today, mm-hmm. he's now respected. He wasn't back then. And, you know, a lot of us players um, build on the community of Knoxville just because of how they treated our coach. Right. So, um, yeah. you know, we could have done a lot more together and unified for sure. Uh, well, John, we appreciate you hopping on. We appreciate your time Always. and getting to hear about basketball and about, um, you know, your feelings on social injustice. And it, it's great to mm-hmm. hear from, from someone like you, like we said, you're a celebrity in Knoxville. People respect you and your voice. And um, I think they're going to enjoy hearing what you have to say, about, you know, about what's going on with, uh, with the Black Lives Matter movement and with everything that our country's facing right now. Yeah, I, I agree, man. I appreciate it. And, like, again, man, we need more athletes like you. I was once hurt as an athlete, and there are a lot of athletes right now to this day sitting at home with thoughts, with ideals and expressions, and can't get it out because of most of the media care about the culture as opposed to you know, our minds and who we are as people. So I respect you guys for yeah, uh, just keeping that. it real and doing both, man. That's yeah, I mean, I, I feel like as a country, we're kind of evolving. It's not just like I'm talking, I'm talking, I'm talking. It's like everybody's talking, everybody's listening. You know, I feel like that's exactly. – and that that's what this is. You know, it mm-hmm. that wasn't an easy conversation probably to have with, you know, people that probably don't have the same political views and stuff like that. But it's mm-hmm. a conversation that needs to be addressed, so – um, really sure. glad you, that, that we we come on here for Tennessee, but hey, we can talk about whatever. That's the good thing about having your own show is yeah. you can talk about whatever you want to. <laughs> exactly, man. So I'm and I'm gonna uh, call Rick Barnes. I'm gonna actually try to get in contact with Farmer or his uh, right hand man. Forgot his name. I met with him before, and I'm gonna also try to reach out to the football coach Pruitt and really try to um, get them to understand as opposed to force patrol and dominate. I want to make sure I don't be a bully like Trump is doing right now. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's important to get people to understand. So um, with that being said, I will report back to you guys on how that conversation goes. And uh, yeah, hopefully we can do this again. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. We, we appreciate, appreciate the time. Rooting for you, too, to get back in the NBA. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Sure will. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs>